I'm Sir Flobojan Thunderhammer. And I'm Teflon Frosthammer. And I'm Cabbage Tidehammer. And this is Whack. If Ampguard Knighthood means anything, you can't knife a motherfucker and keep it. And the thing that people need to understand essentially about arts and sciences events is that your scores don't matter. Do you want a black phoenix or a white phoenix? Jeez, language, man. We're yeah, on right. a freaking podcast, for fuck's sake. Mind-blowing experience, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to WAC, where we discuss topics important to the Amphgard community at large and talk with interesting people from around the foam-fighting world. Today, we have uh, Jojo Potato of Northreach and Leon of Rivia from Winter's Edge. How you doing, everybody? Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Very happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, we are... We're doing this um, sort of as a Black History Month podcast, but also, um, you know, this is uh, two different perspectives from across the United States. Um, we can obviously get the, the perspective from Winter's Edge and then a perspective all the way from Alaska. Is that right? Yes. Sorry, I muted myself. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, perfect. That's, that's great mic discipline. It's awesome. It's good to see it. So we'll start with Jojo then. Um, Jojo, how did you get into AmpGuard? How did I get into Amgard? Oh, it was the funniest thing. <laughs> I hope this isn't, my echo isn't too bad in here. Like Not at all. We, we can't hear it on this end. Okay, sweet. I'm like the only quiet room in my house right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, I, the only thing that, so I'm originally from uh, California. I moved up here when I was 18 with my husband and I've lived here ever since. And so um, the only thing that I ever grew up knowing, like, you know, since I grew up in California, I've only played D&D. So, like, the whole actual LARP community, actual people doing foam, like, swinging foam and everything, I didn't really pick up or, like, pay attention to. I don't know. No, I have no idea how I missed it. You know, going to Comic-Con and hanging out, like, you know, with D&D, like, people who love D&D, you know, and uh, especially, you know, being a part of theater and everything. I don't know how that one whipped up went over my head but um I didn't discover it until I was 26 and I was well into living up here and it was right after I had my son and I was like kind of overweight and I'm like I gotta do something to get this belly off of me because (laughs) it's ridiculous you know and then I was just like thinking to myself like I need to like do something and then I look and there's a bunch of these people in like costumes I'm like I, I kind of recognize one of them, like one's a wizard. Yeah, I know that one. And right. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, what is this? Like, what are they doing? I want to do that. Not only that, it didn't look too hard. So I'm like, okay, I can do that. And um, yeah, so I walked up and the first person I met was Aurora. Her name is Jen. Um, she was very welcoming. She was uh, very well known, a part of the kingdom at the time. You know, she had a uh, I think had done been monarch region, you know, had done through or like gone through that whole little phase. So she was able to fin- like fill me in on a lot of it. And I literally just dove head first into it because I thought it was amazing. Um, I love that it was family friendly, that I could bring my son, you know, I love that it was all um, a place where you didn't have to swing foam if you didn't want to, because I know some people aren't into that kind of thing. You know, it was the first time I've ever in my life used a sewing machine besides like being out of high school. I totally mm-hmm. was like, oh my God, do they still exist? <laughs> and so it was, it opened up a whole new world. I met a lot of uh, people, especially living in a small town, you know, especially Kenai, Alaska, very small town. There's not much to do at all. So definitely when you get a small little group of people you really click with, click with, you really try to um, stick with them, you know, and it was really nice. Um, yeah, yeah so that was the 
that was kind of how I dove into it. I just kind of just thought it was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it's surprising that there is such a, a, a big amp guard community up there in Alaska. It's actually really awesome to see. I know, mm-hmm. um, God, you you guys might be the most remote Anth Guard that exists now. I know for a while there was a kingdom in, or a, maybe they were a principality in Croatia of all places. Um, mm. I don't think they exist anymore. I think they they sort of got subsumed by some games that exist in Europe that are very similar. Um, but so you know, for something to exist all the way up in Alaska, like obscure like Anth Guard, is really cool. Um, yeah, uh, Leon, tell us about how you got into Anth Guard. Oh, yeah, of course. Honestly, um, my story is a little bit um, like Joe's. Uh, basically, it was that um, I was um, a college student at Kansas State University at the time, basically, say, like um, two or three years ago. And um, a good buddy I um, knew for about um, a year at that time uh, was uh, Heovani the Hobbit. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, basically... Um, he was um like basically became the new monarch of um our iron springs and he was just out on the field I was like oh hey um hey Ovani. and uh i basically met up with him and chatted and like um i didn't um try um any larping at the time basically the only thing i um ever done was yeah D and i was like okay this is actually pretty cool and um basically um when I first tried it out, I was like, okay, then, um, when I get, got the time for it, I'll definitely come back and try it out. Cause yeah, this is actually pretty cool. Um, so then that following summer, basically, uh, I was like, oh yeah. Uh, hey, I'm still doing, um, our experience. Like I called him and say like, Hey, when are you, um, uh, meeting? It was like, oh yeah. We meet basically every Wednesday. I was like, okay, bet. And then I came, came to, um, practice basically every, um, every week after that. And soon after that, I became an um, officer, um, currently now the champion. I'm happy to say that. And now um, upcoming um, during coronation, I will plan to be the um, next monarch of Iron Springs, which I'm pretty great happy about too. So yeah, um, honestly, like Amp Guard or basically LARP, LARP in general is a very great um, hobby of mine now. Like I'm, yeah, I'm out, I'm now um, head head deep into it myself. Basically, I got a huge pile of like armor and weaponry and all that stuff like that in my garage now. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, yeah. Once you get to that point, there's like no going back, and I'm happy about it. Yeah, you're you're stuck once you make the investment of armor for sure. Um, oh yes, it's amazing to me how much D and D gets people into Amthgard. Um, mm-hmm. So many people say they started with D and D or Magic the Gathering. Um, and then they come to Amp Guard as a result. They either met somebody playing it or something like that. I actually ended up going the other way. I uh, did Amp Guard first and then discovered D&D afterwards. Um, so from there, um, Jojo, I'm going to toss this back to you. Um, one of the things that kind of struck me when you were telling us how you got in, you said that it looked easy. Um, and that is that is true. It looks easy to a lot of people. You jump into the game. It's, it's sort of simple. But then you at some point, somebody hands you a 100-plus page rule book. Um, and, you know, at, you know, usually you play some, you know, people will start you out as barbarian and say, here's your gear, here's what you do. Um, and then you get into it and you pick up that rule book and you're like, oh, God. So jumping in at that point, um, you know, when was the first time you realized like, hey, Amthgard's complex or Amthgard has a lot of depth to it? Um, it happened exactly how you said it. I thought it would be easy and um, it was not. And I was like, oh, wow. 
I need something a little bit easier to begin with. And someone gave me a bar, bar book and they was like, start with Barbarian. And I was like, yes, <laughs> thank you for this. That's exactly what happened with me too. I did that to you. <laughs> I, said, I said, look, day one, just take this shield and this sword and this sash and just go hit people. <laughs> yeah. But it was, uh, so what I mean by it looked easy, it wasn't like, um, not to sign a waiver, you know, it wasn't some hard, like, little tryout team or anything I had to do, you know, everybody was really welcoming, you know, they're like, you know, it's a family-friendly environment, you know, the only rule is, you know, keep it family-friendly, other than that, you know, just be, you know, a good person, won't be that hard, you know, and so, um, <laughs> yeah, right, and so it was, uh, it was actually really nice, yeah, it was, um, it was really, really complicated to definitely learn the different classes and the rules and to, not only acknowledge and remember that and then actually apply it to like a battle game or like, you know, tournaments and stuff like that. So that was definitely hard, but it was also really fun because they would always match you up with um, someone that was really um, like, you know, the pro in that class. And so just seeing the pure passion and just someone so happy and like ready to show me something, I was like, oh my God, okay, I want to learn it. I was like, cause you want to show me this, I want to learn this. (laughs) That's something we should adopt here because currently we don't really, I mean, I guess this might be a local park thing, but we don't match somebody with somebody who's a pro in that class. We just throw them in the in the deep end, and we're like, "All right, you're a bard now. I'm gonna stab you." Um, yeah. And the hardest part for me though was always learning distances. Um, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but 20 feet is not nearly as far as it looks. Um, yeah, no, so it's definitely not. Yeah, mm-hmm. I found out that my car is just over 20 feet the other day, and I was like, "It doesn't look that long." It, it yeah. messed with me. All right, um, Leon, we're going to kick back to you. What's the first time Anthguard got hard or challenging or, or something like that? Like, how, When did that realization dawn on you that this game has a lot of depth and it can be a little difficult? Oh, boy. I would definitely say all the magic classes for sure. Oh, boy. Just like looking at those spells and stuff like that. Oh, man. There's a lot of stuff you got to memorize when um, thinking about, like, say, what kind of, like, um, spell set you want, say, when playing Wizard, Druid, healer all that sort of things mm-hmm. it's like insane and i think that um the complexity of it i think it's really like an interest because i think a lot of people who like are who are getting into amp guard they ask like they ask to themselves like hey is it like um is it is it like that you can go pro with this or is it just for fun and i think a lot of people like really get more motivated interested in and when we say like, oh yeah, there's like big advances like that. We got tournaments and all that stuff. Like, oh, okay, bet. Mm-hmm. And I think that really, um, that really is a good like motivation when you think when you like um learn about like, hey, we can actually really go serious about serious into this if you really want to. And yeah, that's what really hooked me into that too. Yeah, absolutely. And if you go pro enough, eventually we've got a special belt for you that has a certain stripe on it and all that. Um, we actually yeah. have someone in the waiting room, so I'm gonna go ahead and let them in. I'm going to let them get connected to audio. Give it just a moment here. Hello, can you hear us okay? Sure can. All right. So we are actually recording at the moment. Uh, Gwendolyn, can you give me your persona name and uh, tell us where you're from? Uh, Dame Astriana, and I'm from Fairbanks, Alaska. So that's also Northridge, right? Yes, it also is. All right, <laughs> fantastic. Um, it looks like, are you driving? I don't want to hit you with a ton of questions if you're driving just yet. Yeah, I'm just getting to my house. No worries. That's fine. We're going to continue on. Um, when you get home, we'll start throwing questions your way. Um, until then, uh, we'll we'll keep it safe, okay? All right. Fantastic. 
So, okay, yeah. So that's the first time Amphgard, you know, has a lot of depth. You look into, I think, I think, you know, seeing that first big event is really when you realize like, oh crap, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of depth to this game. There's a lot of nuance to it. Um, so speaking of first events, Leon, weren't, weren't both of our first events where we met each other? Um, was it Kazan's Nighting? Was that your first event? Because that was my first event. I think it was, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, was it in up in um? Oh gosh, I'm I'm bad with geography, like in t- Kentucky or something like that, or Same. in um. It's awful with geography. It's Fall Creek Falls, <laughs> which I think is like, it's a state somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Fall Creek Falls is God. That's middle. That's middle South Tennessee, right? I'm oh, the yeah, worst yeah, person. Yeah, to yeah. This guess. I think I'm the Tennessee. absolute worst person for it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Sure. Right. So. One of the things I wanted to ask is, uh, you know, and and this is largely because, you know, a lot of Amphgarders are just white dudes. Um, and, you know, we have a very, you know, I mean, especially you play Amphgard in the South. We have a, you know, a very white Southern perspective. Um, how is it different for you stepping into the game, you know, as as a black man? Um, what has your experience been like? And I mean, has, is it bad? Is it good? How can we make it better? What's what have you noticed? Honestly, for me, um, the community has been all more than welcoming, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, like, um, um, definitely, of course, like, it just depends on, like, uh, I guess, like, where you are from and where, like, on um, where you lived and all that stuff. But for me personally, like, it's best, like, the Amgar community, all more friendly, all that stuff, of course. Um, everybody just want to have a good time, have fun, all that things, and, I uh, know we definitely do have like things in place and what's like, hey, don't be a jerk and all that stuff, which I'm definitely happy about too. Um, but yeah, like um honestly, and um for me, it's like like um, yeah, of course, yeah, we're in the south. Maybe um well we don't really have like that much of like um diverse ethnicity for sure, like in um I guess in our region, but I know for a fact that like if like basically anybody comes in to play Amgard, like they're all more than welcome, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, absolutely. It was so. What prompted this? Uh, not really this this question, but just this idea for a podcast was we did one with mm-hmm. Sir Delos. Um, he is a sword knight in Texas. Um, I can't remember if that's CK or Wetlands, but he uh, he's Native American, and he talked about how there's very little representation of other cultures, other races, anything like that in Amgard. Um, and it sort of behooved me. I was like, we have a platform where we talk about these things. Um, so, Jojo, I'm going to kick it up to you. Um, the question was, you know, obviously, Amphgard is made up of a ton of white people. Um, and, you know, for us, you know, we don't notice a lot of things sometimes unless it happens directly to us. What has your experience been like either, you know, stepping into Amphgard? Is that experience something that can be improved on? And if so, how? Well, hmm... And I understand that's a really loaded question. So if there's parts of that you don't want to answer, don't feel like you have to. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, just kind of throw it at me right there. No, No, I got it. I can roll with it. Um, I would say it definitely, it definitely, it depends on the area you are. That is a big factor into like, you know, the diversity of like how many people, you know, you will, it won't have around you, you know, that's good or whatnot. Um, I can only use like me and myself personally, my situation, you know, an example, you know, being here, it's not a lot of that at all. You know, it's not a lot of it at all. It's not really around. It's not really seen much or anything. I'll be back in just a second. No, 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 no. I'm doing a video. Okay. (laughs) Hi. 
Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I have a seven-year-old. It's it's perfectly fine. Okay, yeah. It's my five-year-old son. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, it's very uh, different, different, you know, up here. Not a lot of people that I can really just right off the bat just have a conversation with and they really understand me. Um, getting into Amcar, you know, obviously Northridge, you know, it wasn't like something that I really, let's say, I guess I was really just, in awe of like how like fascinating and fun it was, you know, and how much I was learning at the time to like really pay attention or see like, you know, um, if it was going on like, you know, the entire time besides like me, like seeing little things and besides like, you know, people coming up to me saying little things. And it wasn't until like, you know, you get involved in a community and you actually start seeing like, you know, people and going to events in different places that I begin to kind of like, you know, get in those situations where I'm just kind of like, Oh, hey, no one else thought that was kind of uncalled for or got that, just me? Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, of course, just me, because, you know, I'm a little black me, you know? <laughs> but yeah. it's just like, it's like it's certain things like that, you know? And um, it, I would say it's, it, it wasn't really difficult when it happened, because anytime a situation would happen, I would kind of address it, kind of call it out. But I would always do my best, you know, to always be respectful and mindful, you know, that people might not understand of like what they say and do, you know. So I'm just kind of like, hey, you know, you really shouldn't say that. That's kind of like, mm, kind of, you know, racist. If you say that and they're like, oh, okay, I didn't know that, you know. Yeah, so I kind of called it out like that or be like, hey, do you know what you just said, you know, or kind of stuff like that. Um, and I found that that was the best way to kind of handle that. You know, most people were kind of like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I didn't know that or whatnot. And then I would kind of get the ones that was like, oh, that's not racist. Well, I don't think that's racist, you know, and kind of thin line, you know, definitely thin lines. But um, it was it was definitely hard to be the only one because you don't want to be that person that always feels like you're nagging or only person that like calls out these things or says these things, you know, because like I don't want to be like, you know, tattletale Joe. Like, she's just the one going around, like, you know, snitching in it almost how it makes you feel. Because, like, I'm not a serious person. I know we may all make jokes and we all have, like, you know, that humor side and we all have different connections with people, you know, and certain friends have been friends longer than other friends that hang out in the same group, mm-hmm. you know. So I totally get that, you know, and I know how to roll with punches, you know, but, like, it's definitely a line between jokes that are really kind of like you could laugh about and be like, hey, dude, just don't do that anymore. And then jokes that you're just like, all right why does that even come out of your mouth and who taught you that you know kind of thing yeah and so um I found myself just kind of mainly just talking to the people at the time that I always have the problem with I found that maybe if I just addressed it with that person only that it would be fine but it it worked out best that way you know because a lot of people respect me and everything but it didn't kind of work out because it was just kind of like well I have this incident with this person but since they didn't share their experience, know what happened or what they said with anybody else, then somebody else would make the same mistake, you know, and then it's kind of like a going down the line, but like, didn't you just talk, is he your friend? Couldn't he have told you that? Oh, I just think it's like, okay. Yeah. It can be kind of scary to to have to advocate for yourself like that all the time. Um, I, I, this is, so this is a weird story, but my, my son, the first time I realized that like, Sometimes there are things that you don't even realize aren't okay because they've just been a part of your life forever. Um, maybe not the first time, but my son actually came home from uh, preschool one day. He was like three and a half, four years old. And, uh, and I said, hey, let's sit down uh, and, and work on this puzzle. You know, I said, oh, you know, don't worry about the couch. Just sit down. 
And I said, well, sit down Indian style. And he said, no, Dad, it's crisscross applesauce. And I was like, why do they call it crisscross applesauce? Like, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it turns out calling it Indian style is actually not okay. Like, that is, that is sort of stereotyping a culture. And I went, oh, fuck. I, like, so I started thinking, like, examining everything, like, all of the, the turns of phrase. I was like, is that, is that bad? Are we stealing? Is that some kind of negative connotation? And it's there, like you said, genuinely, sometimes I think people don't realize, but having to be the person that always calls them out can't be fun either. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely, um, it definitely takes, um, you know, the Beatles type of people that are willing to have communications and sit down and talk to people to just like, cause I know it's a hard conversation. Like I, I like to think I'm perfect and never make mistakes ever. So, you know, so to have someone tell me like, yo, you know, what you said was kind of like, you know, uh, borderline racist. I'd be like, what, really? Oh, okay. Wow. I'm sorry. Like, I'm really, thank you for telling me, you know, try to never do that again, you know? And, um, those are hard conversations, but I'm willing to have conversations like that, you know, like if it's all love and just willing to communicate, because I'm not one to just really just beat someone just like, hey, what you said was racist, not F you, F you, like, I don't want it to get to that level, you know, it will definitely get there after I've like warned you a couple of times, but I'm all for just like talking and actually having conversations with people who actually really want to change and not just like, kind of like, oh, okay, like, you know, just agree with me, kind of mock me things, kind of be like, thank you, Joe. Like, I actually appreciate what you just told me, and I will apply that to my daily life from now on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think most people don't want it to get to that screaming fighting match thing, and the people that do are are just trolling online, or they're just, you know, they get their rocks off by being the, the devil's advocate kind of person. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So let's move on to maybe a, 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 a little bit lighter of a topic. So I want to know... Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong when it's safe to do so. Um, Dame, Dame Asriana, you are monarch of Northreach currently, right? No, no, I've been monarch of Northreach. Okay. Um, I, I recognized your, your picture there. I am, I'm currently the ambassador for Northreach. So I'm their, their rep person for, um, MOC or COM. Yeah, that's what's called COM. So, um, I'm often in a lot of those meetings for that. Okay. That's that sounds similar to the the senator program, right? Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, why I see your picture always pop up. Right. It's just Northridge likes to do things differently because we're weird. Honestly, the senator or or whatever system sounds so much better than the monarch doing it all, which is what we're stuck with here in Winter's Edge. Um. Uh, so you know. Oh God. <laughs> I th I thought. I thought Vidalia was going to add something to that. She just said, "Have fun with that." Oh, then... I I patted him on the back reassuringly. You know. That's your job, bud. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck with it for a few more months. So um, <laughs> I want to change the topic just a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, oh, and, and uh, Dame Astriana, if it's safe to do so, we want to hear how you got into AnthGuard. I just don't want to, you know, pressure you to do anything yeah, while I'm, you're driving. I'm parked in my driveway right now, so I'm all right. And it's quieter in here than it is in my house. So, yep, yeah, I got a two-year-old, so it's never going to be quiet in there. Yep, nope. Um, yeah. Uh, so I got into Ampart. Actually, I refused to get out of the car the first day. Um, we, uh, uh, Duke Goldcrest, Archduke Goldcrest and uh, Dame Chalet had started the park in Alaska in Fairbanks when they were stationed here with the Air Force. And so um, they put up a flyer at our local comic shop. And so we went out and um, my friends dragged me out and I sat in the car and I refused to get out because I didn't want to play with these nerds and be seen with all these people in my very small town. And I had a rep to protect. So I refused to get out of the car. I just watched them swing phone and have a really good time. And so then the next time I came out and that was in 2000. Um, and 
that actually that was 1999 um, is when I did my first game. And so uh, from that point on, we were hooked and my whole group of friends, which were already nerds playing vampire. Um, and then we <laughs> switched over to AmpGuard and we just have been doing it ever since. That's fantastic. So that's actually a little different than the, the traditional, you know, D&D Magic the Gathering. Comic Book Shop is is, uh, is a little different, but I guess... Well, Vampire the Masquerade is also one of those tabletop role-playing games. So oh, it's super it's kind of similar. I've... But we did, um, we did like, Camarilla, which is, like, the, uh... in the LARP version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was... I wore a schoolgirl costume. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I could tell stories about some of the, the bad garb and weapons I used to make, but we won't. Um, so I want to jump back to Leon. Leon, we actually uh, met for the first time at a sort of day event uh, down in Winter's Edge, actually not that long ago. Um, mm-hmm. So I noticed you had a bunch of armor. You had a, you know, you had the big two-hander. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, had like a sort of like um, mid-length, um, two-handed um, longsword. Really, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I got it from I think it was from um, Gorg. Yeah, Gorg Tech. Does it have the three little asterisks on it? I think that's their their symbol. Yeah, blue cell. Yeah, yeah. So why uh, you were playing warrior? Yeah, I mean, yeah, blue cell. Yeah. So why warrior? Why not? Uh, why not bard? Which is the best class. <laughs> or, uh, uh, you know, Archer, which can be fun if you have money. Like, why why not some of those? So, funny story about that. Basically, like, um, like I think with a, lot, with a lot of people, they usually have, like, this, like, you know, this, like, dream character that mm-hmm. they, like, want to be when coming into Amp Guard. And I was like, okay, I just want to be that cool buff warrior that everybody wants to be, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, like, I invested, invested in Warrior. Uh, but funny thing about, like, being Warrior I uh, know. Funny thing about like uh, what I thought was was the deal was that with basically like the like um you know those like up close and personal classes like warrior, barbarian, monk. I thought those were the only classes that you can actually have like a long sword, right? Oh, but no. like then then Hale Hale told me like later like way way like say months later like oh no dude you can actually have like like a sword or any weapon with any sword class. I was like what? Mm-hmm. But. But then it was like um, Warrior was like my most um, invested class class so far. I was like, okay, then I'll just be Warrior for now. But yeah, funny enough, I'm now putting um, skill points into Barbarian right now because it's not like, okay, Barbarian's actually a good, pretty good fit. Um, um, it's pretty, pretty simple. And oh boy, that fight after death, my goodness. Yeah, and you can get away with more without armor, which, you know, as it gets hot, it's going to be kind of a oh, godsend. Yeah. You were talking about For those sure. fantasy like characters that you kind of want to embody when you come to Amphgard, and mine is Conan. Um, I just want to be the female version of Conan. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Yeah, honestly, my fantasy character coming coming in was um right after I played um Witcher Three on Geralt the Rivia for sure. That's where the Leon Rivia came from. I figured. Yeah, I uh my my first attempt at any type of character archetype was i wanted to be cloud so i had a buster sword <laughs> it never made it to field because it shattered the first time i swung it at someone um yeah it was it wasn't great and then uh, i did bring a big heavy like we're not even going to call it a sword it was just a big club and uh mm-hmm. it wasn't fun to fight with at all so I, I very quickly was like oh maybe it doesn't matter the archetype and i'll just be short sword guy <laughs> Jojo, same question to you. What class do you do you normally play? I know you said you don't have to fight, and that was a thing that drew you in. So if you don't fight um, and you don't play a class, what's your favorite thing to do outside of that? Well, I definitely always fight. Okay, I always fight when and I play barbar because um, I like the whole like you know kind of 
the whole persona they have, like they're kind of dumb. That's not like I'm dumb when it comes to smart. I feel like <laughs> I try to get as much information as I can in my little brain and it just holds as much as it can and then still isn't enough. <laughs> you know, I feel like I still don't know much about it. But uh, I love playing Barbarian just because I can go out there and just kind of do my thing and it's fun. And um, I don't have any armor, so it's the best class I can have, you know, the best without having so much armor. But um, when I'm not actually fighting, I actually do like to do the A&S competitions sometimes, like, because they're pretty fun and they're actually pretty cool. Um, I haven't done one in a long time, but um, before, you know, I've baked a couple of cakes and cookies, you know, sewed a couple of things and um, haven't done any woodwork. But yeah, that's really cool. And I, I actually like that. Um, a lot of people knew know that I'm a pretty artsy person but I actually really enjoy all kinds of arts and crafts which was really nice to know that a group of other people did that besides like you know the whole fighting because I have a lot of friends that are really timid and I'm the tomboy in the group so I'm just like I'll go out there kick ass that's all right yeah absolutely um so Dave Mastriana same question for you what class do you normally play um and why is it not bard um and, <laughs> and if you don't fight then what what's your favorite thing to do outside of that Actually, I'm a Paragon Bard. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but my first class I leveled up in was was Wizard, and that was like in 2001, I think, is when I I was the first six level Wizard or six level person in Alaska, and so that was like a huge thing. But also, this was like V6, so it took a long time to get there. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a big deal. Um, and so when and if I go on the field right now, I'm just playing warrior because I actually broke my leg and I stopped fighting after mm -hmm. I broke my leg. Mm -hmm. um, and so I haven't played probably actively for, I don't know, five, six years, just because I thought, mm, do I like my limbs or do I want to play Ampgar? And I'm getting older now. I'm in my 40s. And so I'm thinking, ah. and the problem also is as soon as I got my white belt, people started gunning for you on the field, even though my belt isn't in fighting people see the white belt and they immediately start tagging you really hardcore. And it just wasn't fun, um, especially at big events because people don't know what kind of belt it is until they get up close. And by then they're already swinging and you don't have time to dodge. So I just, I stopped fighting and I just started doing the social part of it and doing um, a lot of the advocacy part of it instead. And I enjoy that part a lot more. Also less likely for me to get a knee injury and I don't have good insurance. So I'm just going to keep my limbs. <laughs> Every amp guard, I think at some point has to make that choice between like, do I want my joints to work tomorrow morning or uh, do I want to, you know, fight in this battle game? Sir Flo has, um, we, we affectionately call them bitch ankles. Um, he literally, I'm not joking. He broke his ankle talking on the phone at field. He was just pacing around the field and then was like, Hey, go get your car. I need to go to the hospital. And we're like, what? <laughs> He's going to get mad that I told that story, but it's fine. Oh no. Yeah, it's and you know he's a fantastic fighter is the goofiest part, but he's also like six foot ten, and you know he's he's too tall for his own good. He hits you from it. another area code. Yeah, like <laughs> he fights with forties, and he's got the longest arms I've ever seen. So you mentioned the advocacy part of Anthguard, and this is a thing that I I actually really like seeing online. Um, you know, people are advocating for um, a, a lot more ADA compliance. Um, one of the things I'd like to do is actually put the rule book in an audiobook format for people who you know, don't read so well and, and, you know, you know things like that. Um, what, what is the advocacy part look like? Cause there's a lot of things to advocate for in Amthgard and I don't think, you know, that'll stop anytime soon, but what's that look like for you? Well, um, like what 
what everyone's sort of talking about in, in podcasts, one adv- advocating for more minorities and more un- underrepresented groups in AmpGuard and being able to be that person that, oh, oh, look, there are people. Because in my culture, like I'm half Asian and I'm half Black, and neither of them think that this is a good plan for my life and I should be doing things that are making me money. And so spending my weekends playing AmpGuard is not something that they understand, nor does neither community really appreciate. Um, and so it's very, it's very interesting because like my Korean family would prefer that I was studying on the weekend and doing all the things that are going to help me make money. And my African-American side was like, why are you wasting your time doing this? There is nobody else out there like you out there. So why are you spending your time with them? Come and hang out with the family and spend more time with the family instead. And so there's always this push that um, people of color um, don't have a place in LARPs and gaming situations because we just haven't been there. We've been there, but we just can't talk to our families about it. And so without that family support, a lot of us kind of go away from it. Like I'm fighting right now to get my brother back in um, and he's a really great fighter, but his wife is um, Thai and she does not understand why he would ever want to go and play a LARP when he could be at home taking care of the kids or doing and making money and working instead. And so we've had this conversation with her trying to get him to come back out, but she doesn't understand the waste of time, which is how it's seen in a lot of cultures. So I'm advocating for getting more people, um, uh, BIPOC people into AmpGuard. Also, I love the idea of having an audiobook. I'm also a teacher. And so anything we can do to make it accessible to everybody, the better. We have a lot of people in Astro Winds who can't read. They don't read. And so people have to help them. Or we have lots of autistic folks that are part of AmpGuard that just need something to help them through those transitions. And so having a person, and I know um, Northreach has done this, a lot of other groups have, trying to have somebody who, who can help educate our populace. Because we all know, AmpGuarders are not the most socially adept people in the world. So we may need to help them a little bit to understand social norms. Mm -hmm. And so that's the other part of the advocacy. And so we're trying to get a a school age program started up here. I know somebody in lower 48 has already done that. Oh, that's by the way, what we call all y'all folks, lower 48ers. (laughs) That's fine. Um, And so we're trying to get um, school age programs started up here so we can advocate for AmpGuard as a sport in Alaska. And so we're working on that. And that's the kind of advocacy I want to do because we, we can't keep going if we don't have youth coming in. And if we alienate the youth, then we have nowhere to go. Yeah, absolutely. So two things really quick. The first is um, I absolutely want to make that into an audiobook. I have to get some approval from AI because it's their copyright. And if I just put it on Spotify, that can be problematic. Um, the other thing, you actually said something that I had never thought about. Again, white dude. But it is really, it's a lot easier to get into something and for it to be acceptable to your family if there are people that look like you doing it already. Um, that never occurred to me before. Like, that's that's one of those things, um, I think, for me, like, I, you know, I go out and see people that look like me all the time. My friends are like, oh, you do that thing over there, that's cool. And I never get questions about it. My family's like, oh, you're still doing the amp guard thing? Cool, have fun. So I've never I've never had that come up before. I don't know that I have a, a more salient point here other than like that's never occurred to me. Yeah, honestly, uh, if I can bring up a point like that family thing, that family support thing, actually like sort of I had that sort of experience too. It was just like um it was just that basically when I like when I first did Ampgard, I was like, oh boy, uh, what are my parents gonna think like that. It was like I just I know I knew that basically like 
um my parents wouldn't mind either way but i was still like sort of like that embarrassed factor of, of it somehow when you like actually like really like start ant guard for the first time like oh my gosh i look like a nerd is everybody just gonna like like you know shut me or anything like everything like that but like basically like um my parents were like oh yeah yeah that's cool that's actually pretty sweet i was like oh yeah yeah so honestly yeah it's sort of like um yeah, it actually does help to see, like, I guess, like, um, people just like you out there on the field. So you feel like, yeah, yeah, this is actually a pretty normal thing to do and all that stuff. And honestly, thankfully, um, we have our park on actual college campus. And um, Kansas State University, that's where we do it at, it's honestly like a pretty diverse, um, pretty diverse, like, um, place. So also we get like a lot of students like um uh, from every sort of background and ethnicity walking by saying like, hey, what's this? And like, oh that's pretty um what's that's pretty cool. And they actually like come in, drop in and play on that stuff. And it's pretty great. Because like honestly, um at first when our spring first um, started up, it was just pretty like very small. It was basically only like basically Heyo and um another um gal who comes by um Calcifer um doing um our spring from every day but then like grew and grew and grew and now we're super big and now everybody comes in and tries out so that's great and i feel like um yeah um the more young people get the more possibilities that basically ampgar as a whole may basically like um has a chance to diversify in the future too i think that's the best way for our game to grow honestly um it's one of those things uh recently the ampgar international group divested from the uh, Facebook group. Um, and one of the reasons they did that was because it's, you know, the, the page as a whole just got very contentious and it was like, people would show up and see it and go, fuck, I don't want any part of this. And they would bail. But I wonder if there's not a better way to do that where we can, you know, have a, have a discussion that's open to the public that they can see, but that is, you know, obviously a, a good representation of our community and not a ton of infighting. I don't know that there's an answer to that. It seems like, you know, looking at boffers and blasphemy and stuff, it seems like that's a, a hard a hard road to hoe, but there's got to be a, a, a way we can make that happen. Honestly, I think um, one good um, way is just to show like, hey, it's not basically just like a lot of fighting, so like that, stuff like that, because I actually, I actually was surprised about all the ANS stuff, like like basically like the garb um, the garb wearing, and honestly, the, the cooking was actually a good a surprise for me, which I thought like, wow, that's actually pretty neat. Like all the like other stuff, that are possible with Ant Guard besides what people just see um um when what people just see on on us um us on the field just fighting or whatever. I think that'll help. Yeah, absolutely. I the the online ANS competition would be like all of the ones that have sprung up during COVID would be a super cool um showcase, like a thing that I if we could show that to the world, like here's our collaborative efforts making stuff, that would be really cool. I don't know how to do that. Somebody at AI figure that out. This is a hint for you. Um, so we, we touched on, uh, you know, boffers and blasphemy a bit, and it seems like I, I mostly stay the hell away from that page because it, it makes me anxious to be honest. Um, but it's one of those places where the Amphgard community has turned, um, especially during COVID because it's the only thing to do is to, to fight online. And there's a lot of arguments there that get brought up. Um, but it seems like there are a lot of people doing the, the devil's advocate thing. If you could say just like Oh, this is a really loaded question. If you could say one thing to boffers and blasphemy for all of those arguments that come up, um, what would that be other than shut the hell up? Because I would love that. But if there was one thing you could say, one message you could leave for that, you know, what would it, to, to make things better, what would it be? 
Honestly, that's a very good question for sure. Um, I'm seeing a lot of faces. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So um, maybe just maybe there's nothing to say, right? Like this can be one of those things where we don't have to have an answer, but you know they need to sort their shit out somehow. Well, yeah. here's the thing: no matter what people say on B and B, racism's never going to be okay. No matter how much you play devil's advocate. That's probably the thing that pisses me off the most on there. Well, let me say, what if in this situation, don't care, still not okay, don't be a dick. Like, that's quite literally my response. And I have to run it through uh, my man person. And he always tells me, just delete it. It's not worth posting. Just walk away from it. But we're constantly having those conversations where people are trying to play devil's advocate and trying to defend some indefensible idea that just is morally reprehensible like there's no reason to defend it period end of story so so i have a very strong opinion about poffers and blasphemy it shouldn't exist oh yeah but uh, not even that um it's more that a lot of times um these internet forums and then also fantasy cultures have this um strange overlap where they become these last bastions of white supremacy um and that's because there's this revisionist history in fantasy and uh genres that are loosely based on um like european history right where they whitewash it um am i talking okay sorry (laughs) um where they whitewash it and so you know if you look at like arthurian lore we have black knights we have fear we have um morian uh there's a whole um black fighting company uh the saracens which were moorish um and so not an argument <laughs> right i mean not the Amgard saracens but the historical yeah. saracens um and uh so there's this huge wealth of history of like uh people of color being involved in the foundational literature upon which most fantasy genres evolved from and you see these arguments all the time where like Thor shouldn't be black. It's not historically accurate or uh, these actors of color shouldn't be knights of the round. It's not historically accurate. That's absolutely not true. There were tons of knights who were people of color. And so you you have these arguments that like seep in to uh, the game, which are rooted in... Um, like revisionist history or ignorance about the topic. And then those are allowed to permeate unmitigated um, and just kind of fester in places like 4chan or boffers and blasphemy um, where they build and without like popping that bubble, we'll never see uh, the culture change. That's my opinion. That's a hot take for you. (laughs) Absolutely. Then also, you know, people can go on there and not be themselves, you know, and go on a fake profile and just say a bunch of mead root stuff, you know, and then just be able to kind of get away with it. And um, I definitely go back and forth with it because I don't like the page, but I also like the page because it is definitely out of a lot of people that I'd rather not talk to, you know, or be around and everything. And then that also causes hostility because I haven't even met this person, you know, but I'm already judging them off of what they see, you know, off, off, off 
sorry, what they see, what they wrote and what I see. And it's kind of like, I don't even want to interact with them. And it makes it really hard to even just kind of like, you know, break that like barrier, to be like, hey, can we even be friends? After I've just seen all this racist stuff you done said on, you know, buffers and all that page. And also like, it has um, caught a lot of people, you know, in my situation who have said a lot of racist things to me, but didn't want to admit it, admitted it on the page. And I'm like, boom, thank you for being stupid. But yeah, and so like, it's always that kind of thing. But it's also, it's like, it's like you, it just makes me anxious, you know? And so um, I don't like it, but it is what it is, you know? And so I, I don't, I don't know how to stop people from talking crap, you know, or like kind of not be racist because people are just going to be people and people don't really care too much when they are on a computer, you know, they can be as rude as they want to, but if they're around you or in your face, they won't say half of the stuff that I bet they would or be as like that's exactly what I was going to say. Most of the time, the people who shit talk on BNB will never say that to you in real life because they ain't got the balls. Um, So maybe that's a good thing, but I don't want to dwell on the, the negative too much. We we all know what BNB is and uh, the wider AmpGuard community. It's not something you really have to worry about. Focus on your kingdom Actually, and making things good. Oh, Funny enough, actually, um, I haven't heard a bunch of blasphemy. This is my first time, but I guess I should avoid that. I would recommend it. It's, so there have been some good discussions, and it is the place, now that we've divested from the, the main Facebook page, um, it is the place where a lot of inter-kingdom discussion has gone. Um so, you know, sometimes genuine discussions do happen there. Um, it's kind of like hockey, I guess. Like sometimes, you know, they say, what is it? You go to a uh, a hockey game and maybe some hockey will break out or, or something like that. So you go to mm-hmm. Boffers and Blasphemy, maybe a good conversation will break out of the whole thing. Um, I'm probably painting it with too harsh a brush, but whatever. I don't care. Um, yeah. <laughs> come at me, B&B. I, I'm not afraid. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nobody cares yeah, right. I mean, there is that there is that sort of mindset, right? Oh, it's just memes. It's just shit talking. It's all for banter. But like that that stuff makes it back out into the real world and people get real hurt feelings from it. Let's not. Um, I don't want to I don't want to dwell on the negative shit, though. Um, I do want to like so uh, obviously, um, hey, Mastriana, you've been in the game way longer than me. Um, but from my perspective, I started in the mid 2000s, uh, 2006, 2007. I forget exactly when. I can probably look up my first award and date it back a year or two. Um, but early on starting out in that game, and this actually ties into something that you had said earlier as well, JoJo, um, it was a, a different kind of Amped Guard. Uh, you know, st- like calling people out was actually kind of a bad move um, because you call somebody out and they're like, oh, that guy goes and tattletales. Um, and, you know, I, I had a friend, a really close friend of mine who's now passed, but she... She was a woman in early Amp Guard, and that was never a lot of fun uh, from what I hear. Um, and she got a lot of flack for doing just normal person shit, but she was a woman. So, you know, she'd go to an event and hook up with somebody, right? Oh, well, she's a whore. She sleeps with, with black stars or, or whatever, and, and that became a thing. And I remember, like, trying to say something, and she was just like, hey, don't, don't bother. And now you can actually at least do that, and people aren't shitty about it. So Amp Guard has made some steps. I think we need to keep... Keep moving forward, uh, Demastriana. You're making a face. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, it, it's it's one of those things hey. where incremental improvements, right? But I want to talk about present day Amthgard and sort of where we're at now. Um, hopefully, we'll start meeting after COVID again. Um, so, what are your guys' plans for you know when we start meeting again? What's the thing you're most excited for? I mean, obviously, hitting your friends with sticks, totally cool. But 
Um, if your park is still shut down because of COVID, what are you looking forward to doing once it releases? Right. So thank the heavens, um, our park is still open. Um, honestly, just got back from a um, nice session um, today. Pretty fun, pretty fun. Um, yeah, we're um, basically what I am going to be going to be happy about, of course, when um, the whole COVID situation is over and, and everybody can meet back up again, is like um, going to big events, of course. That's those are pretty fun. Meeting everybody from all across these home um, states, of course. But also, I guess for like my um, for uh, my personal stuff is like um, talk on like fighting pros, honestly. Or like um like getting like good like protests about like uh, the proper way to fight um like good strategies and all that sort of stuff um trying to just um bring my um fighting to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're wanting to get into fighting stuff now, even while things are shut down, I know there's a couple of cool camp channels for that. There is um, oh god, what is it that uh, it's in Dragon Spine? He does the dojo. Um. Mm-hmm. Is it Sir? Um, I know, I know. Oh God, I think so. Something like that. But I know what you're talking about. I've seen his videos as well. Yeah, I think it's Sir Anatole that does the dojo in Dragonspine. Um, we actually did a podcast episode with him. So, God, mm-hmm. I hope I got that right. Um, there is also what is it? Stab Chats, which is another podcast specific to fighting. Um, there's a lot of cool fighters that are doing stuff like that. Um, uh, Sir Delos actually has a YouTube channel, which I can't remember. I'll have to, I'll have to send that to you. I'll, I'll send you a link. Um, but it's really cool. He does all kinds of fighting. He's invented a lot of the spin shots we use. So if somebody's wow. ever pulled a five one two on you, that's Sir Delos. <laughs> so Jojo, same same question to you. What are you looking forward to? Um, assuming you know uh, COVID lets up soon um, and we can start doing things again, what's the biggest thing that you're looking forward to? Um, the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is actually getting outside and actually, you know, swinging some foam <laughs> for sure. Uh, no, I appreciate every, all the online stuff that we do, but, um, the main thing I'm looking forward to is, uh, you know, I'm going to really ride, uh, Gwen's coattail on here when she was talking about like, you know, the whole M card thing and what it means to be like, you know, a minority in our families and everything. It's like, um, I'm excited to get back out there just so people can see my face so they can just see me so they can just see like, I'm not socially awkward. I mean, I am a little bit, but like I can have a conversation with a random person, you know? And so like, they don't feel like, oh, okay, so I'm outgoing, you know, maybe they won't like me or they won't be like um, wanting to talk to me. And also just to be out there because I'm so tired of hearing this is white people shit. If I had a dollar, every time I heard someone say, this is white people shit. This is even my family, you know, even like, I'm sorry for saying the S word. I'm sorry. Oh, we cuss oh, all, all, all the time. I, I think oh, okay, I've dropped right. the F bomb at some point. So <laughs> you did. Yeah. It's like, I'm just so tired of hearing that, you know, and even like with uh, like, you know, black families, they're like, oh, that white people shit, you're still doing that. I'm like, yes, mom, I am. I'm still doing it. You know what I mean? Nice for you to stop calling me that, you know, and everything. So um, I'm just excited to, to just still represent like, hey, yes, we, black people are here we're here you know it's not some odd thing you don't have to treat us like an odd man out we've always been here i want people to see my face and know that i'm here um i want to uh just show up and let my kingdom just represent like i i don't i i need to be there because there has to be a place for people like minority kids to go they have to feel like that and it's not any of that so much where me and like Gwen lives and stuff. She lives way far from uh, me also, you know, so it's really important that like, even if I'm not really 
vibing with my kingdom right now, you know, because I'm still kind of hurt a little bit over situations. I still got to talk to a couple people. But, like, that's just personal. But, like, even though I'm not still, like, but, like I'm unsure, you know, I don't want to go in with the sad face because I got to remember I'm not just advocating for me. I got to make it known for other, like, you know, girls of color or other, like, you know, people that just like, oh, man, I want to do it. It's like, oh, JoJo's doing it. She's just mom i saw this 30 year old black girl with blue hair she was running down and chasing down this 18 year old you know she was keeping up with him and she wasn't out of breath you know maybe you can come join too <laughs> little stuff like that but just just being there for like just like i said just being there and having that whole like i'm not the only one face you know and like i said i'm tired of hearing white people shit you know like i snowboard i ski i do it all you know right <laughs> um yeah and so um it's it's a really it's really important to me that I continue to do something that is seen as that you know so it can break down that barrier to where it's no longer seen as that and it's just seen as a I, I'll even take it as even though I don't like to say nerds but I'll take it as like you know nerd shit you know <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. that without everybody can take that kind of thing but yeah yeah so it's important to just my reputation I just can't wait to get back out there to be representing you know black girls rock we, we dope too, you know, and yeah, like that's just, yeah, that's what I'm excited to look forward to. And then just excited to hopefully going to events now, future events and everything. And hopefully it would be different from our previous ones. Hopefully it would be, everybody would be a lot nicer since we haven't had it in a while. Maybe we'll find a new appreciation for Amp Guard. So you mentioned something that um, personally I've never had to deal with and you said you said it and I'm just like oh my god um is that I've never been like responsible for someone's perception of my entire race um (laughs) yeah that that seems like a lot to have to like have on your shoulders oh yeah it is it is it it is but like you know um I carry that responsibility because I understand it. You know, um, I, I don't like it either. You know, I don't like it. I wish right. the whole, who would? I wish it didn't depend on me because who likes to represent a whole race? Especially like, what? Just because you slept with me, I rep- you want to judge everybody off me? Oh, God. Oh no, no, God. don't do that. <laughs> oh, no. That was a joke. That was just a joke. It's kind of like, that's how it feels, though. Kind of like, right. like when someone's like, oh, I just slept with you because you're black. I'm like, God, man, well, don't just say it like that, man. There's tons of different ones, you know? Like, I, I know it's hard to, like, it's a hard thing to just say, like, you know, um, for me to represent one race. But, like, it, it's important because all it takes for my people, like minorities, is to see that one person. It's just that one other person that you see out there, then you're like, oh, okay. Because I know that's how I felt any time there was any kind of Black person in any fantasy movie or anything that I saw, like, oh, my God, that movie's awesome just because of that one black person that was just because there was one person that looked like me. They weren't all pale, beautiful, redhead, you know, like fairies that I look nothing like, you know, there was this beautiful chocolate woman with great eyes and braids. She actually had braids. I do my hair like that, you know, and stuff. So like, it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely, um, uh, eh kind of thing to feel about it, but I don't mind representing it. Like I represent I represent for women all the time. So yeah. black women, I can represent for us. and It's not too bad. I can handle it. I have never until now heard the phrase, that's white people shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, I totally, I get it, right? Like, this is a lot, this is a lot of white people shit. But like, I've never, it, you know, I've never gone to do something and somebody said, oh, that's, you know, on the inverse, somebody said like, oh, that's black people shit. I, I've never had that. I can't even, 
can't even imagine what that's like. But you you mentioned, you know, people, you know, kids seeing you doing this thing and seeing, um, you know, seeing seeing a black woman doing this thing. There's a and this is um, this is a weird example. But uh, uh, who was the guy who played the Black Panther? Chadwick um, Boseman. That was yes. Yeah. So there's um, it was on one of those late night TV show things, but they had a uh, they had a thing where they they had Chadwick Boseman there, you know, right after the release of Black Panther, and there were all these kids coming up to a poster and saying, you know, like, what would you like to say to Chadwick Boseman? And they're like, thank you for being a superhero that looks like me. And I watched that, and like, I mean, maybe it's because the guy's dead now, and that also is kind of emotional, but like, kind of fucked me up a little bit, you know? Yeah, I know. I've watched it when he was alive, and it does, and it really makes you find like, because like you got to think about it, like, because I like you said, I've always been a nerd. Like we grew up, and it was. And seeing my brothers, you know, be all these people who were like Superman, you know, and Batman. And I'm like, like, and then having our family, you know, make fun of them because like, oh, you're the black Superman, you know, or the black Batman, you know, because there was never, you know, anyone that looked like us. So to finally, like, you know, have a superhero, it's like, thank you. You're like, you have no idea how much it meant. And I love, I love walking in Walmart and seeing little boys buy his costume for Halloween. Yeah. I love the fact that there are little boys running around. They don't even think about like him. They just want to be the Black Panther. You know, they don't even think like, they don't think like, oh, this is gorgeous black man. I want to be him. Like, I think. But like, you know, <laughs> they're like, I just, <laughs> I just want to be Black Panther. You know, I just want to go around and like run around with this suit, you know, because he's awesome. And like, that's amazing to me. And it's always been reversed for me. You know, it's always been us portraying them like other, like, you know, white characters or whatnot. But now it's nice to see that there, well, I should not say nice to see. Now if people are seeing that there has always been us characters. You know, we've all, but black people have always been lit. That's all I got to say, man. We've always been lit. We've always been dope. And I, I love that the world is now finding out about us. But that's about it. We've always been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to go with that. <laughs> no, it's great. It's 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 perfectly fine. Uh, uh, Dame Astriana, same question to you. What's the thing you're most excited for when Amthgard picks back up? Well, I have to, I have to piggyback off of JoJo, like the representation, huge, huge part of, it, especially right now um, in the wake of BLM, in the wake of change of guards in our White House, like that representation is going to make a whole lot of change to our organization, I think for the better, because we're going to be able to see people out there. And now when we get back to, to a gathering of the clans and to these rackets and all these other big events, um, people are going to maybe look at it a little bit different. Because I think before we were just part of this, um, I don't know, we were just the, the, the back room people, you know what I mean? And I felt that way for a long time at a lot of big events where I was like, oh, I was just the, that minority person that happened to be there. Because, you know, there were like three of us that showed up to the event and they're like, oh, yeah, it's the other other black person that's there. And so and oh, do you know this person? I was like, no, they're actually from a completely different part of the United States. Oh, God. Why do you think I know them? that's real dumb oh like yeah and, and it happens a lot and it's happened quite a bit over the last 20 years like I it it really hasn't changed and people do assume that I know um all the African-American people that are in Amcard or all the Asians that are in Amcard or all the Native Americans that are in Amcard like I don't I don't know I live in Alaska I am literally what 400 miles from you Jojo we're 400 <laughs> miles apart like that's the closest place to me is 300 miles and that's still in Alaska. I got to travel a thousand miles to get out of Alaska. So I don't know a lot of the people in the wider AmpGuard community, except online. And I have no idea what color you are unless you put your, your picture up there. And so I'm excited about going to events. 
I'm mostly excited about beating up my 17 year old son. I have missed the cathartic moment of beating my child on the field. And I cannot wait because he has earned every single moment of it during COVID. Oh, that's fantastic. Goodness. Um, uh, if I can piggyback off of what she said, uh, I just love how she said, just beat up her kid. Cause oh my goodness. Um, I'm just only 22, but oh my goodness, that's going to be a great, great feeling. Once like say once, if I uh, ever had like a, a child, they grew up and instead like, Oh, you've talked back to me. Wait till we get on the field. I got whoop you from all your friends. Oh yeah. My, my son is seven. Uh, for Christmas, I got him his, his own garb and his own sword and his own, his own little board. And, uh, and he's, he's starting to learn. He can't take the old man just yet. It's a, uh, it's, it's goofy. And, and, you know, when we're, we're fighting an amp guard, you know, he'll, he'll get cocky. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to do a flip or whatever. And I'm like, son, if you ever hit me and I find out about it, <laughs> and I just trail off. Cause he doesn't know what's going to happen. He's like, what happens? I was like, you'll see. I don't know what I'm going to do either, but it's funny to mess with him. I think, I think it's funny that he thinks girls are tougher. Because me and Lexi, <laughs> yeah, he he watched uh he watched Lexi uh who's who's a fantastic fighter here in the South um uh, he he watched her uh run me up one side and down the other while we were doing a, a fighter practice in our backyard and he was like girls are better than boys at amped guard and I was like yeah why not like she kicked my ass you can't though. <laughs> Oh God, where was I? Um, <clears throat> no, so it's 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 really funny. Uh, kids in Amp Guard are hilarious, especially the younger ones. As long as we can do it safely and not, you know, skewer them, it's a lot of fun. Um, crap, I had a thought and I lost it. But now you take it away. <laughs> so let's talk more about representation. Um, that is where I was going. You go. Okay, good. As long as we're on the same page. Um, <laughs> so let's talk more about representation. Um, I know you mentioned Black Panther. Um, I've mentioned some Black Knights of the Round. Are there any other fantasy characters or even real-life amp garters uh, that you look up to? Uh, well, Gwen, funny story that she was talking about, like, you know, all everybody assuming, like, you know, all Black people, you don't know each other. They assumed that I know her when I first came to Empire. And so they're like, oh, hey, Joe, how are you? He's like, oh, you must know Gwen, right? I'm like, who? <laughs> but um Gwen is definitely somebody I look up to because I'm like I do not know this person who is this person but they're like oh she's she's apparently you know the Black Knight and I'm like oh like the movie Black Knight <laughs> they're like no like an actual black I'm like oh and I'm like okay sweet and so I was filled in more and that's when I told you guys I'm really like I was not I had to dive in slowly with this whole Ampart thing they were like no Jojo these are knights this is what knights mean. This section of the book that you skipped over trying to rush the fight, you know, and they broke it down what a knight is and how long they have to do what you know to get there. And then, you know, learning about our North Leech history and everything. I was like, oh, wow. So Gwen was definitely one of those people that I looked up to as in coming into North Ridge. I was like, ah, that's super awesome. And then getting into it and knowing there's this whole other community of uh, other black knights, you know, that have been in so long. And I've only met a couple um, besides Gwen, you know, Malcolm um, Harris is another one I look up to because he's been in the game forever, literally before I was born. Like, I love throwing that in his face. I'm like, you know, you were in it, but like the right is down. Like, I was born, right? I'm 30 <laughs> now. Just letting you guys know. <laughs> so, like, um, he's another one. Um, I try not to just think about only um, 
black amp guarders because I like to think about like, you know, trans amp guarders that are coming into also like, you know, other minorities like, you know, Latinos and um, Filipinos, you know, Asians and um, also like Native Americans. Also, so I just try, I just go for the minority period. If that makes sense, like <laughs> whether you're black or whatnot, if you just have a smidge of something else, I'm rooting for you or I want to know more about you or um, I look up to you just because it's only a few of us that are, like I said, doing this white people shit. <laughs> and so it's really nice. How do we, and, and how do we make the game less white people shit? Like how, how can I, as me, look at me, make the game less white people shit? Or is it just one of those things where we've got to be a better community so that it becomes that way naturally? Um, I think what you do in this podcast is really amazing. <laughs> this is awesome you know and it's not even about like you know doing white people you just wanted to give us a platform to actually talk about a few things you know and if people want to like chime in or like in to like you know interact or join and learn something that's awesome which i like that um i think people just at AmpGuard could just just float like i said just it's all about better communication and being understanding you know and just willing to actually listen to people and not be just so willing like um I remember the one thing, you know, people are, uh, one thing is going around, whether they should change the name of DOTC, you know, going to gathering of the clans, you know, and everything like that. Some people think it's not like a big deal, you know, and everything, but it like, like for people like me and Gwen, you know, and that already have that kind of that family already kind of like, well, we don't rock with this, you know, well, what are you going to do? And I can't be like, oh yeah, I'm going to gather of the clans. It's like, the fuck? Are, are you sure? Do you, like, are you safe going there? Like, do you know what's at the gather of the clans? Like, what do you mean? And then I have to, like, you know, explain, no, not mom, not with the K, with the C, and not that kind of thing, you know? And then she ain't got time to hear all that. Like, nobody got time to hear all that, you know? It's kind of off-putting. Yeah, you got to go, so, no, wait, it's Scottish, I swear. And then, like. <laughs> no, wait, it's, it's like, or change it. I like Gotsy. I call it Gotsy, <laughs> you know, or something else. What was it you said, Lucas? Um, Insane crown posse. I'm still here for that. <laughs> uh, Cabbage, what was it you said that it's kind of weird that, you know, we're dressed up as a wizard and being like, yeah, I'm going to clan. Well, that's, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not great. But also, it's it's weird that we have to adhere to a, a specific cultural myth. You're like, oh, well, the Scottish called it clans. Okay, I'm a bard. What does that have to do with anything? We're, we're all bards also Scottish? What about paladins? What about... You know, wizards, what about whatever, all of it, right? It doesn't have to adhere to that seems like a disingenuous argument to me. Um it definitely does. And it's not even about people well, it's about people's people are entitled to it and they're allowed to have their own opinion about it. But then it goes back to like, you know, for me, like, you know, I, I, I don't like the name of it. Like I said, it's just hard for me to explain to another fellow minority amp carter about that event, you know, or something like that, because they're gonna be, you know, kind of automatically pushed off about it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't really like it. And then to have people like, anyway, so what's going on with clan? You know, kind of thing. And it's just like, oh, okay. Thanks, dude, for just totally just being like, well, it's, it's not a big deal to me. Like, it's not like it's just a word, blah, blah, blah. Not even acknowledging like what, like, it's a little bit deeper. Like, it's just harder, you know? And it's hard to advertise for certain things, you know, that are initially really off-putting, you know? And yeah. so, uh, I feel like that argument for tradition goes back to like what I said before. It's just not something that you can stand on. The meaning of words change, um, you know, climate, social climates change. And we can't rely on like, well, it meant this 200 years ago or whatever. Yeah, I just want, I think AmpGuard will be better once we stop having that feeling of, oh, it doesn't matter to me or it's not that big of a deal. Or I don't think it's that big of a deal kind of thing. 
then to more of just like, all right, this, this word, this, this name obviously is causing a bit of a problem. Like, do we think of something generally and everybody kind of be okay with it? Or I'm, I'm all with just calling it the event. <laughs> like that's the, the big one. The big one. The yeah. event. Well, like you know, this is I, a thing I see all the time, right? Where people will say, oh, it doesn't matter that to m- much to me or I don't care. I can't be bothered to care. Like, okay, well, if you don't care and you genuinely don't care, then why not? not care in the direction that helps the most people and just advocate for calling it gathering of the crowns or, or insane crown posse, whatever we want to call it. But like, right. if you don't, if you genuinely don't care and you mean that don't care in the way that's more helpful. It seems easy enough. Right. right. Don't care, but say I vote for Joe, you know, yeah. <laughs> like whatever. Like, I don't care what I vote for Joe or vote my vote. Absolutely. And I think more people just having that mind frame of thinking will better amp guard because we have a lot of great people. You know, we have way more great people than we do, like the few people that I just don't rather not associate with, you know. And so I think just uh, being willing to just be like, all right, and be nice. Is that hard to like, is that a bad word? Just be nice. <laughs> like, be nice and understand, like, I don't know why it's such a hard word or so, why it's so hard for me to find adjectives and words to explain to people. Just be a decent person, you know, like, try your best to just be decent in every action when you're talking to someone, when you're on the field, off the field, you know, just have respect. And usually respect and decency takes you a long way. Even when you don't realize certain things, you know, even when you make mistakes, people will have that whole seeing you be like this awesome person to be like, okay, this one mistake is not to be all the awesomeness that I've been seen from this person. And then you will have that more conversations and more people coming to you out of love, like, hey, bro, Let's sit down and eat this sandwich with me and you should probably not say what you just said again because that's racist you know and kind of a little thing like that and i think that's a good little step you know just acknowledging that like we all don't have to be right we're all not top-notch dog like it's okay like it's it's fine just be yeah doesn't cost you anything to be nice yeah yeah right thank you like it just doesn't cost you that i don't know what else to say just be nice be nice and usually when you're nice and you actually think before you act usually good things happen so let's do this. I want to open up the floor. Um, you know, obviously we try to make things uh, a bit topic driven, but um, I want to open the floor to you all. What's something that you want to talk about or something that you think is, is relevant, um, you know, either in your, your local sphere or just relevant to AmpGuard at large? Well, um, let's see. So I already said this once, uh, but um, I'll say again, not on this podcast, just like in general in my head, basically, is that like, um, basically, this could just be um a start to many other things. Like um, definitely, I definitely um thank you guys for um um doing this podcast like in honor of um a Black History Month, and I think it could be like um a start of many other things too. Like um definitely um LGBTQ for sure. I thought would be a great another great thing um to do like like our podcast event, whatever you know, just like um to like tell. Like, like to tell as many like minority ethnicities, like um, any sort of group um, to to say like, hey, like we accept everybody here, right. except we're racist and all that stuff. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just like yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, like we hey, we accept everybody. We don't really care about like um like um who you think you like um represent like whatever all that sort of stuff. It's just like uh, as long as you're here to have fun um you're you're fine yeah absolutely one of the things i would say to that is um well i i love the idea of doing this podcast we are unfortunately just one podcast i would love to see more 
podcasts from different types of voices crop up. So when you said, you know, an LGBTQ, uh, IA plus, I think there's, I don't know the whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. like that would be a really cool podcast to see, uh, a, a podcast for, um, you know, black indigenous people of color, uh, uh, garters would be super cool as well. Um, and you know, this is one of those things I think, um, you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, hope it happens. If, if somebody wants to make that happen, um, we have a lot of resources that we've sort of put together on this show. We'd be happy to share. Um, we actually just did a class on it in, uh, in Winter's Edge, and I think we'll be doing another one. Uh, Vidalia, when is that? March 9th, 5 p.m. Okay, so we'll be doing another one on, on how to sort of start a podcast and get it off the ground. Um, it's surprisingly not as expensive as you might think to, to get a podcast up and running. Um, you can do it for entirely free, I reckon. So if, if that's something that you're interested in doing or if anyone's interested in doing, um, you know, give me a shout. Uh, you know, I'm on Facebook, Lucas Bailey, um, and let us know. We'll help you get that off the ground because it's something I want to see, um, especially, you know, during COVID, seeing all the, the AmpGuard media pop up. It's been really cool, and I hope it continues. So uh, just to branch off of that, uh, one of the things that um, I've been working on as kind of like one of our side projects is we have an all non-male um, podcast coming up where me and some other non-males I'll get in a room and talk amp guard. So pretty excited about that one. Um, we also have some episodes planned to cover um, LGBT issues as well. Uh, so that's something you can look forward to. Awesome. You have to talk into the microphone. That's why I was pointing. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's actually, that's the hardest part about starting a podcast is getting uh, disciplined around where your mic is. Well, the issue is that my cord is really short, so I have to lean away. Sit better. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, I, just a, a point ahead. of reference. Uh, we prefer to be called the Alphabet Mafia now. I just want mm, you to know that. Okay. So uh, we do <laughs> we do like that title. So feel free to use that. Um, it's been approved. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm not going to get my <laughs> ass kicked if I say that, right? Okay, no, cool. no, no, no. Those of us part of the Alphabet Mafia are okay with it. So uh, one of the things that I uh, would like to see, um, I know it's a polarizing subject not see, but one of the things, uh, subjects I'd love, love to address is paladin, anti-paladin. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to touch that <laughs> one. <laughs> That's just, uh, you're liable to get kicked. And, and I actually just signed in for paladin for the first time. I've been a knight for almost seven years. I signed in for the first time as paladin, uh, during COVID. Huh. Um, I purposely did not sign in as paladin or anti-paladin, uh, mostly to mess with people because, um, I get joys that way in my life. Um, but I, I did it because uh, we were having a new night, um, our, our, uh, a, a final, a finally a new night here in, in Northreach. And I promised him that he would never beat me. So that's really the only reason I started signing in. It's really about the competition. Um, but I think that the thing that I would love to see more in Amp Guard is people willing to have the conversations and not feeling like they're being yelled at. I also am tired of being a model minority. I think all of us are. Yeah. we're tired tired of being the model minority and not being allowed to be mad because then you're the angry black person and somehow that's way worse than people who are screaming on the field being absolutely ridiculous but they can do it but i can't i'm not allowed to be angry and so i want to get rid of the idea that i have to be a model minority while i'm on the field i'd like to be able to just be me and be angry when i'm angry and be happy when i'm happy and not feel like like you said, representing a whole race. And that goes as far back as I can remember because when you have dark faces in white spaces, you end up being the representation. 
I mean, one of the examples is I, like I said, I teach, I took care of African-American history month celebration for 10 years at my school. They never asked anyone else to do it, just me. And I said, could I not do that? I would love it for somebody else to take over because it's okay if other people celebrate it. It's okay if other people run it. Just because I'm the black person in the room doesn't mean I have to do that. And so if some of that weight could be taken off of our shoulders, that'd be great. And this is, like we said, we've been saying this podcast is a great place to start because then people can start hearing that message and saying, oh, we need other people need to celebrate us instead of us having our own little party to celebrate ourselves all the time. Hmm. Absolutely. I never considered it like that, but like, you know, other people sort of, um, you know, other people, other white people even saying like, hey, that's fucked up. You shouldn't say that kind of thing. Um, I mean, that can make a huge difference. I, I try to step up and say those things when I see them, although I'll be really honest with you. I try to avoid B&B and not see them. Um, but I, I wonder if I, you know, if it would be better to actually be there and see those things and call them the fuck out. Right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for a lot of us, that would take a lot of the honest on us to stand up. And if other, we have the, uh, those allies out there, and I know that's the word that's been thrown around a lot this year. We, we all need the allies. We all need to be everybody's ally, whether you're um, a minority or you're underserved population. Everybody needs that out there. And I think that the more that we band together, the better that Amgard as a whole is going to be. And we're going to be able to start focusing on being the nerds that we are and doing nerd shit. And just having a good time when we don't have to worry about all the other bullshit. Here, here. That sounds absolutely. really nice, honestly. Um, no, it absolutely does. Yeah. Well, so let me ask this then. Um, and this is just sort of podcast related here. Um, do we have anything else we want to talk about? Because if not, that is a fantastic note to end on. Hmm. Oh, good. Oh, that's it. I'm actually yeah. really happy you guys did this whole podcast for Black History Month. You know, um, it was nice. It was nice to definitely see. Um, hey, this was a first. And uh, what else is Black History Month about? Except learned about a bunch of like you know African Americans that were the first to do a lot of things, or not even the first, the second, or the third. Just period. You know, just to show people like we don't care about race as much as everybody else thinks we do. You know, we don't think of that. Like we're not going into this thinking like, Oh, I'm going to be the only black person. Like we, we already know we're going to be, you know, like whatever we do something or we do something out of the box, you know, because we already know we have our community that's already like, they make fun of us, but our community loves us. And it's always got to be those people that branch out first, you know? And so I love that we actually have a lot to celebrate and I appreciate you guys putting on this podcast to talk about the first night black night that represented for us and like Gwen said I hate that you guys have to be this whole rattle like this whole role model thing and be perfect on the field but I'm glad you guys rocked it and held it with grace and I'm excited to see the future in AmpGuard if we're going to be doing more things like this and having people like us and everybody else who's willing to participate and throw in a hand to you know be an ally yeah absolutely That's a powerful note to end on, um, so I'm going to roll this out. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or Spotify to get notified about new episodes. And make sure to follow us on Facebook for announcements and more.